Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Genesis. Now we are ready to read chapter 34. Last time we read chapter 33. And at the end of chapter 33, Jacob settled with his family and and his livestock in Shechem. There he erected an altar and called it God, the mighty God of Israel. I'm not going to say the Hebrew version because I'm terrible at those pronunciations, but he called it God, the mighty God of Israel. And that was the altar was done in praise and worship and thankfulness to God. All right, so here we are ready to read Genesis chapter 34. Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had born to Jacob, went out unescorted to visit the girls of the land. When Shechem, the son of Hamor the Hivite, prince Sheik of the land, saw her, he kidnapped her and lay intimately with her by force, humbling and offending her. But his soul longed for and clung to Dinah, daughter of Jacob, and he loved the girl and spoke comfortingly to her young heart's wishes. That is a hard phrase to say, spoke comfortingly to her young heart's wishes. Okay, so I'm imagining he's trying to make amends in a way or to make this a good thing. So Shechem said to his father, Hamor, get me this young woman as a wife. Now Jacob heard that Shechem had defiled, violated Dinah, his daughter. But his sons were in the field with his livestock, so Jacob said nothing until they came in. But Shechem's father Hamor went to Jacob to talk with him. Now when Jacob's sons heard of it, they came in from the field. They were deeply grieved and they were very angry, for Shechem had done a disgraceful thing to Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter, for such a thing is not to be done. Well, of course, I mean, this was, I mean, this, this sounds like, I mean, it says, says by force, and, you know, this is not a good thing. We know we would call that rape, right? Um, even though it sounds like he tried to kind of make amends for it and spoke nice to her later, I, it's, it's almost as if maybe he persuaded her to look at him a little more kindly, but we don't know that for sure since it doesn't say that. But it said, you know, he spoke comfortingly to her young heart's wishes. So maybe, you know, he persuaded her to look at him more favorably. But I'm not sure, just saying, that it sounds that way. All right? Anyway, of course, her brothers, you know, and I have a sister and I understand, they're going to be angry. They're going to be, like, really, really angry. They're going to be, like, ready to kill. So this is really not a good thing. All right. But Hamor conferred with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem deeply longs for your daughter and sister. Please give her to him as his wife. And beyond that, intermarry with us, give your daughters to us as wives, and take our daughters for yourselves. In this way, you shall live with us, the country country will be open to you, live and do business in it, and acquire property and possessions in it. Shechem also said to Dinah's father and to her brothers, Let me find favor in your sight, and I will give you whatever you ask of me. So he's trying to make amends, and he's still trying to get the girl. I mean, so this guy really, 
does seem to like her, though this is totally not the way to go about things. Um, we understand that. I mean, definitely, I mean, just in case it ever needs to be said, you know, this is not how you get a girl. This is not how you get a wife. <laughs> you know, um, there's much kinder, nicer, easier ways to start a relationship than this. So I don't think that really needs to be said. But if it does, I mean, there, you know, just this is not how you start it. This is totally the wrong way to go. Um, you're going to turn someone and their whole family against you, and it's not going to be good. Not to mention, it's illegal, and you're going to end up in prison or who knows what. So, I mean, but just you just want to make that clear in case anybody had any doubts. This is not uh, proper or conducive to a good life. Okay, so anyway, his dad, though, his dad here, is here trying to you know, trying to get a deal done, trying to make amends and get things worked out, demand of me a very large bridal payment and gift as compensation for giving up your daughter and sister, and I will give you whatever you tell me. Only give me the girl to be my wife. So, so yeah, this is Shechem himself. So not just his dad, but Shechem himself said, okay, Shechem also said, to Dinah's father and to her brothers, let me find favor in your sight, and I will give you whatever you ask. So this is him. So the, the guy himself has come before them. So he's come before them and, and, and basically admitting his wrongdoing, but wanting, you know, wanting to make things right. Okay. All right. Um, so going to move on. Verse 13. Jacob's sons answered Shechem and Hamor, his father, deceitfully because Shechem had defiled and disgraced their sister Dinah. They said to them, We cannot do this thing and give our sister in marriage to one who is not circumcised, because that would be a disgrace to us. But we will consent to you only on this condition. If you will become like us, in that every male among you consents to be circumcised, then we will give our daughters to you in marriage, and we will take your daughters for ourselves, and we will live with you, and become one people. But if you do not listen to us and refuse to be circumcised, then we will take our daughter, Dinah, and go. So, okay, at this point now, we're already told that they're dealing deceitfully. Here Shechem and his father have come to make amends and try to make things right, and they're dealing with them deceitfully. And, you know, they're saying, but, you know, hey, if you will circumcise yourselves, then we will you know, then we'll do this. We'll make this deal. Okay, verse 18. Their words seemed reasonable to Hamor and his son Shechem. And the young man did not hesitate to do the required thing, for he was delighted with Jacob's daughter. Okay, so, I mean, he was very serious. Now he was more respected and honored than all others in the household of his father. That, that reads awkwardly. Let me start this over. Their words seemed reasonable to Hamor and his son Shechem, and the young man did not hesitate to do the required thing, for he was delighted with Jacob's daughter. Now he was more respected and honored than all others in the household of his father. Okay, it's just a denote, denoting his respect and honor. Okay. Then Hamor and Shechem his son came to the gate of their walled city where the 
leading men would meet. And this obviously was a thing back in those days. They would meet at the gates and do business at the gates of their city. So it's just, it's just a custom they had, and it may have had very practical purposes or reasons that that developed. But uh, we've, we've seen this. I think we've seen this before, and I think we will see this again in the future. So uh, throughout the Old Testament. Okay, so anyway, so, um, so then Hamor and Shechem, his son, came to the gate of their walled city, where the leading men would meet, and spoke with the men of the city, saying, These men are peaceful and friendly with us, so let them live in the land and do business in it, for the land is large enough for us and for them. Let us take their daughters for wives, and let us give our, daughter, our daughters in marriage. But only on this condition will the men consent to our request that they live among us and become one people, that every male among us become circumcised just as they are circumcised. Will not their cattle and their possessions and all their animals be ours if we do this? Let us consent to do as they ask, and they will live here with us. And every Canaanite man who went out of the city gate listened and considered what Hamor and Shechem said. And every male who was a resident of the city, of that city, was circumcised. So, it sounds like everybody listened to this and they thought about it and they thought, well, this is a wealthy family. And, and some indication here that the, the family was already, because, you know, um, you have to look at Jacob had 12 just sons, not even counting Dinah, the daughter, and maybe there were other daughters. And maybe by this time there were I don't know that there were grandchildren by this time or not. I, I have no idea yet. But um, just, you know, maybe they were already being considered their own little nation or little uh, group of people. You know, um, there is some indication that they are being con being considered their own group. Um, so just in the way things are worded and the way it talks about Israel a time or two, as if it caused the group of them Israel, not just uh, Jacob. Now, on the third day, after the circumcision, when all the men were terribly sore and in pain, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's full brothers, took their swords and boldly entered the city without anyone suspecting them of evil intent, and they killed every male. They killed Hamor and his son Shechem with the edge of the sword and took Dinah out of Shechem's house where she was staying and left. So they really did let her stay with them. Which makes me think that maybe he was really being, maybe he was being sincere and maybe they let her stay with him. I don't know. Hmm. Or maybe they felt afraid, you know, because they were outnumbered. We'll see. We'll see if it says, because I'm not sure. Um, so anyway, so they took Dinah out of Shechem's house where she was staying and left. Then Jacob's other sons came upon those who were killed and looted the town, because their sister had been defiled and disgraced. They took the Canaanites' flocks and their herds and their donkeys and whatever was in the city and in the field. They looted all their wealth and took captive all their children and their wives. Okay, even everything that was in the houses. Okay, so in a way they upheld their part of the bargain. They took all their children and their wives. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have ruined me, making me a stench to the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites and the Perizzites. 
My men are few in number, and the men of the land will band together against me and attack me. I shall be destroyed, I and my household, which would include them. But they said, Should he be permitted to treat our sister as a prostitute? So they were greatly offended, and and, and rightfully so. I'm not saying they weren't right to be offended. But I wonder if this is not a story where things could have been worked out peacefully, where things could have gone differently. You know, uh, here, this guy, you know, young guy, obviously, or at least I believe from the, from, from the way this reads, he was probably a young guy. Right, it says the young man. Okay, so verse 19 does call him a young man. So he's a young guy, and you know, he's, you know, like all young guys, he's all excited and, and crazy hot for the girl. You know, that happens. You know, we, we get that way when we're young. I'm not saying what he did was right. No, in no way, never would that be right. And had they called for his blood in his head and taken him out, that would have made more sense and been more understandable. But instead, they have killed a whole town of people, men. They they did not kill all the women and children. So that was good. But they killed all these guys. And they, you know, this doesn't sound... This doesn't sound like that's the way that should have been handled. And you'll notice Jacob says, you know, you've ruined me. Now no one in the land is going to trust them because of this, because they've dealt deceitfully with these people. And here they have murdered a whole town of men. And it is, you know, I know that they felt justified in their vengeance, but that I I can only imagine this was a horrible way to do this. This could have been handled in so many different ways. Um, And yes, they could have required, you know, Shechem to be killed, and that would have been at least understandable because of what he did, and I I would understand that. But uh, to kill all these other people who were not involved and had nothing to do with it, hmm, that's going too far. And that's that's kind of what Jacob is, is saying, you know, you've ruined us, you've made us a stench, you know, you handled them deceitfully. You killed and went way too far. And, and and they're saying that they're justified. Should he be permitted to treat our sister as a prostitute? And no, but you notice he was trying to make amends and he was trying to make it right. Now, I don't know any of these people personally, and I can only read so much into this without getting into a lot of speculation. So I don't want to get into that. Maybe he was a horrible person. But still... This, this goes beyond what would be considered justice. Here they've gone and they've slaughtered and killed a lot of people who had nothing to do with it. Some of these people were innocent of this crime. So, to my mind, that's going overboard. That's going too far. And now they run the risk of all the surrounding people in the countryside where they live here. They could rise up against them and slaughter all of them. Of course, God would protect them. We know that. But, you know, that's something to think about. You have to consider your actions, what you're doing. How just is this? You know, do am I looking for revenge in some grand scale or am I actually looking for some form of justice? You know, that's what we have to ask ourselves. When we're, when we're offended, when we're wronged, are we coming back looking for like the ultimate revenge where we just go over the top and we just want to punish severely or are we looking for some form of justice that is 
more reasonable and more manageable, you know, and that, that makes more sense and is more fair. You know, God's justice for us, his justice is mercy. If he truly gave us the justice we deserved, we would not exist. <laughs> I mean, just we, we would be done. But instead, his justice to us is mercy. So that's, that's what he gives us, forgiveness and mercy. So you could say, I have said before, I think that his justice is forgiveness and his love is mercy. And I, I think both of those apply. So, but he gives, and that's what we need to do. And I'm, I'm not saying that they couldn't have done something here that would have been fair and just, but this extreme, this is not fair and just. This is going over the top and, and it scares and worries Jacob and rightfully so. So, all right. So that is. Genesis chapter 34, and I think I think the big thing to remember here is that we don't, you know, when we're wronged and offended, we don't want to go overboard and get revenge. Instead, we want to try. First, as Christians, we really want to show God's love and mercy. So that's what we want to do is give mercy, forgiveness, you know, show that kind of justice and love like God gives to us. But even if we can't do that, if we we must do something, then we need to try to be as fair and just as possible and not go over the top like this. This is way, way too much, way too extreme. So, But I understand their emotions. Their emotions are running high, and they were deeply offended for their sister. So I understand that. All right. Again, this is Genesis chapter 34. Hope you have a wonderful day. I want to thank you for listening. May God bless you keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.